So, this episode is going to be again about AI, and it's probably going to be the last one, but this one is packed with quite some interesting things, so stay tuned, and we're going to see after the intro, as always. And with that being said, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tech News podcast, and then I appreciate you being here. Whether you are on a podcast or on a YouTube channel, I do really appreciate every single person that it is uh, that is watching, that is liking, uh, subscribing, whatever you're doing, I'm really, really, really appreciating that. So thank you. Before we even go through the episode, there's three things that I'm willing to talk about. The first thing is, and I do remember that I've forgotten about something. <laughs> The first thing is, if you are on the podcast or if you are on the uh, YouTube channel, um, the links to both of them are down in the description, which means, and also in the show notes, which means that if you're willing to just be on a YouTube video, but you are at this point in time on the podcast, then please check out the first link in the description or the first links in the description. The second thing is the notes. Uh, you're then going to see in this episode that I've highlighted certain parts of the article that I'm going through or that I also went through. And uh, these highlights are gonna be down in the PDF, which you can just for free download, which is basically like a summary of the whole three episodes that we have been just having. And I've also been including some other things and I've, um, I'm also gonna include them in this PDF. It really is basically a summary of all these three episodes that we have gone through this uh, quote unquote summary. It is actually some book notes. And the last thing is add music. If you're willing to have some music in the video, as a background music, then just please check out the third link to just personalize the whole experience. You know, I think it is a really great way to um, to just make the episode, first of all, more personalized and maybe even better. You know, some people may say, yeah, it is better. Some people say, yeah, it might not be that good when there is some music in the background. It depends, you know, and therefore you can also choose because, yeah, I do want you to just have a, a personalized thing here, a personalized experience. I know this is the word that I'm searching for. <laughs> so let's see. Let's move right into the episode. So I unfortunately do not know with what we've actually stopped yesterday. But I guess... But I guess even though like I've actually... Which is something I've highlighted a certain part of this uh, this thing here. And kind of... It, it kind of went away. I don't know why. But it is the case. And I, I st still know where I should be going ahead with the time or whatever right now. So it is a mistake to passively ask what will happen as if, uh, as if it were somehow predestined. Instead ask what should happen? What future do we want? If we don't know what we want, uh, we are unlikely to get it. Do you want to maximize positive experiences and minimize suffering or leave this to sort itself out? Yes, I think it does uh, definitely make sense and it is indeed something that we've also been talking about yesterday, I now remember. And the thing is, if you don't know where you are willing to be, every effort is not gonna just help you, you know, because you don't know what goal you're having. You don't know which place you want to be at, you know. If you're just willing to be at another place but you don't know the place, then going around won't just make anything better. I know it would actually maybe make everything worse because you don't know if you're just heading into the right direction to your goal. You don't know because you're just going around because you don't have a goal, which is a really, really huge part and really huge point as well. And there's uh, some sectors now uh, which could be improved through AI. And I think it is actually something that's pretty interesting because it just actually shows you how much it could be doing. Because I've also searched up some, uh, some, some other articles some time ago about AI and what it could be doing better. 
and I didn't really found something that I have kind of been looking for. And in terms of like, I have been just, um, I don't know, like there is some, some data and statistics and all those things, but this is like really okay. This is how we could use AI in these sectors. For example, art sector, hedonistic sector, or maybe even gaming sector. So let's actually see what he says. So the author of this book, what uh, we can actually do with AI in the future. Knowledge sector. Here, the AI provides optimized education, including immersive virtual reality experiences, enabling, enabling you to learn all you're capable of about any topics of your choice. Optimally, uh, you can choose not to be told certain beautiful insights, but uh, to be let close and then have the joy of rediscovering them for yourself. Which is something I think that is uh, would actually be a pretty huge thing, because at least this is something that I've experienced as well and that I've seen as well. I mean... Discovering things on your own leaves a trail behind, you know? You're gonna remember things way, 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 way fucking better if you have just experienced them yourself. It really is the case, you know? If I'm just uh, reckoning, recognizing something myself and if I'm just figuring out something myself, I'm gonna remember that to just the end of my fucking life. At least sometimes it f feels the way. I don't know if it is actually gonna be the case. <laughs> I really doubt that though. Um, but the thing is, if we just really figure out things on your own, it uh, can improve like the the learning curve so immensely. Like it is insane. It would actually be something pretty amazing. And I think it is also a, a pretty interesting thing that the author is actually thinking about that because I wouldn't, you know, or I would not have been thinking about something like that. The art sector. Here opportunities about to enjoy, create and share music, art, literature and other forms of creative expression. Yes, I'd say so, because, you know, especially if we are just having a look at uh, virtual reality, let's talk about music. Let's talk about just watching a YouTube video in terms of a music video, which is in fucking VR. This is amazing. You know, it would actually be something that's pretty amazing. It actually gives you a lot of new opportunities and way to just show your, as they also say, actually, to show your art. The hedonistic sector. Locals refer to it as the party sector, and it is second to none for those yearning or earning I think it is yearning for delectable cuisine, passion, intimacy, or just wild fun. Yes, definitely. Pius sector, or Pius, whatever it is, P-I-O-U-S sector, there are many of these corresponding to different religions, whose rules are strictly enforced. Wildlife sector, whether you're looking for beautiful beaches, lovely lakes, magnificent mountains, or fantastic fjords, here they are. Yeah, we can definitely just have a look at really high fucking revolution, uh, revolution, resolution pictures and just, it, it's gonna be insane, you know, and it is actually gonna be insane if it is actually the case. And I think especially if you're just thinking about the whole uh, virtual reality thing, which is actually just in a really good way, I would say, you know, uh, if we are talking about gaming, if you're talking about just uh, a uh, VR in general, they have done just a pretty good step and, and pretty big steps in the last few Few, few years, I would say. And I think it is actually something that's pretty amazing and I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to just being able to maybe learn the anatomy in uh, VR, which could definitely help with a lot of things to just see, okay, well, this bone is, is just curved in that way, which I, I think it would actually make everything a little bit quote unquote easier in terms of remembering those things. Because if you're willing to just be a doctor, you have to remember all those fucking things. And which, first of all, is insane, kinda, but I can understand it, of course, somehow, at least. The thing is, uh, it would just make things 
at least in my point of view, a little bit easier because you can just have a look at them. You can just figure them out on your own, I would say. The traditional sector. Here you can grow your own food and live off the lands as in yesteryear, but without worrying about famine or, uh, or disease. Yes, so it's just about like uh, living your life, I guess. The gaming sector. If you like computer games, the AI has created truly mind-blowing options for you. Definitely. Virtual sector. If you want a vacation from your physical body, the AI will keep it hydrated, fat, exercised and clean while you explore virtual worlds through neural implants. Which uh, really reminds me on um, Sword Art Online, I guess. It is actually an anime and it was recommended to me by somebody, I guess. And we're just having a particular person in mind. I'm not gonna just say anything, but uh, but I don't know. Maybe I've actually come up with it myself, which is it's basically the exact same thing. Like you are in a virtual world, it is a game, and you're living in a world. I don't actually know if you're gonna die in real life if you just die in the game. Not quite sure about that, but it is something amazing. You know, it's something that's really interesting. The prison sector. If you break rules, rules, and you will end up here for retraining unless you get the instant death penalty which kind of suggests that the author is assuming that there is going to be the death penalty. But I'm not quite sure about that. Consciousness is by far the most remarkable trait. Yeah, it, it indeed is, if you think about it. It's how our universe gets meaning. Galaxies are beautiful only because we see and subjectively experience them. If in the distant future our cosmos has been settled by high-tech zombie AIs, then it doesn't matter how fancy their intergalactic architecture is. It won't be beautiful or meaningful because there is nobody and nothing to experience it. It is all just a huge and meaningless waste of space. It would actually be. And it is something really interesting if you're thinking about it. Because... Beauty is only something, first of all, like, uh, I think it is a just common thing. I mean, like, beauty, beauty is something that we decided uh, that there is something like beauty and what is beauty. Especially if we talk, just talk about the ideal human being, how the ideal human being should look like and all those things. Like, um, we decide these things, you know, or at least society decides those things. But uh, the case is, it is something that only exists with us, you know, without us, I think there wouldn't be something like beauty unless we're just able to just uh, program AI to also see beauty in whatever it might be, art, music, other people, other robots, other machineries, which uh, could actually be pretty weird, to be honest. Um, but yeah, you know, beauty is only just because of us, you know, and also all the other beautiful things. Yes, obviously. <laughs> we have dramatically underestimated life's future potential. We are not limited to century-long spans, merit or merit by disease. Life has the potential to flourish for billions of years throughout the cosmos until the Earth breaks through or because of uh, global warming, because of uh, meteorites, meteorites, whatever they're called, you know what I mean, and all those things. But I've actually also looked up some uh, statistics because I wanted to see what the uh, lifespan is going to be and or the just life expectancy, I guess it's called. I'm not quite sure. Life uh, expectancy. Yeah, expect. I don't know if it is expectancy or if you're pronouncing it in a different way. But the case is I was really interested in seeing what it is going to be in the future. And they say life expectancy is projected to increase in all 35 countries with a probability of at least 65% for women and 85% for men. There is a 90% probability that life expectancy at birth among South Korean women in 2030 will be higher than 86.7 years, I would say. 
Yes, I'd say it's 86.7 years, the same as the highest world, uh, worldwide life expectancy in 2012 and the 57% probability that it will be higher than 90 years, which is insane. And 2030, it is only 10 years, if you're thinking about it. And let's just talk about fucking technology, also about AI then. It is insane. It indeed is. 90 years of living, it is something that uh, past generations could have been dreaming of. And it is, I think, going to be the case that you're going to be in a pretty good shape, especially if you're like 50 or 60 or 70, which has maybe not been the case for past generations. You know, when you've been just 50 or 60, you have been fucking old, really old. But now it is something like, well, you are old, of course, but compared to those 90-year-olds, those 120-year-olds, it is going to be something, something different. I, by the way, wonder if there is going to be somebody that is going to be like 120. I guess when somebody is 120 and I'm just also uh, able to, to, to see that, I hope that I am, you know, in terms of like um, living with this person, kind of, not like with this person, like in, in person, but being able to kind of see that phenomenon, I would say, kind of, kind of phenomenon, like it still is a person I know and never mind. So there's actually a lot of statistics and things and data, as you can see there. And I think there have been just uh, talking about 35, yeah, 35 countries. Um, the future life expectancy in 35 industrialized countries projections with a Bayesian model assembly. And there's like a lot of data. Like this article is really, really, really huge. And uh, if you want to have a look at it, it is probably going to be down in the description, I hope at least. If it is not in the description, and if you're also not able to find the PDF, then please hit me up in the comments or via email or on social media, whatever, um, you're going to be able to find me. Then please do that, and I'm going to respond as fast as I possibly can, which is on the weekends, it's going to be a second, you know, and during the week, it's maybe going to be a day or something. It depends on what day, it, well, it's not going to be a day, you know, it's really not going to be a day, but it's... Maybe going to be 12 hours or something like that. It could take some time. And there's also, I think, a download link for the whole one. Not quite sure, though. But yeah, it is something that's pretty amazing. I, I would actually like to go through the whole one. But I like, I, I would like to know the whole one. But I do not really want to go through the whole one. This is my point. So yeah, let's see. You know, let's actually finish up with the summary there. These ultimate limits are set not by our understanding, but by the laws of physics. This ironically makes it in some ways easier to analyze the long-term future of, of life than the short-term future. I think I would say this as well, you know. Unambitious, unambitious civilizations simply become cosmically irrelevant. Almost all life that exists will be ambitious life. Um, I do wonder what ambitious life is, you know, if there is something like a... a a definition for that could be the case. I assume that there is actually one. But still, there are two mathematical, mathematically equivalent ways of describing each physical law. Either as the past causing the future or as a nature optimizing something. Yes, the second way is more elegant and profound. Yeah, I would say so. Like saying, okay, nature is optimizing things, you know. It really sounds cool and it really sounds like, okay, pretty natural and not really like human-made and whatnot. But I think, yeah, you know, we are adapting. We are adapting to, to the things. And I think um, also when we are talking about global warming, um, I do not necessarily think that it is like, if we're talking about, like, let's talk, just talk about an extreme scenario. I know uh, currently we're having like, I don't know, maybe like 30, 35, 38 degrees Celsius 
uh, in Austria in the summer, which is really, really, really hot. Let's just expect that there is going to be like 60 degrees Celsius. I think that we are somehow going to be able to just sustain that. First of all, just the, the first human beings that are, are, are having to just live in these conditions, they are going to have it pretty difficult. But uh, once you're having a baby, once you're having some new generations, it's going to be uh, easier and easier and easier. I do think we, we are just so fucking adaptable. We adapt to fucking everything, whatever it might be. And this is insane. And I think it might be one of the just best things the human body can do. Adapting, adapting to scenarios, to things, to situations, to whatever. Like we are really, 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 really incredibly good at doing this. Sometimes it's insane. Sometimes it's actually unbelievable when some people like Wim Hof, for example, are walking just up a fucking mountain and it is snowing like fucking hell and it is cold and it is minus 30 degrees and whatnot and they just, they are able to do that. They are able to just walk up there and it is not such a huge problem. It is insane. It really is what we are capable of doing. The problem is not a lot of people know and maybe have experienced it themselves what they are capable of doing. Goal-oriented behavior was hardwired in the very last uh, of the very in the very laws of physics. To rescue a swimmer as fast as possible, a lifeguard won't go in a straight line, but a bit further along the beach where she can go faster than in the water. And nature does this too. Yes. You know, if you actually, if you're thinking about some plants, and if the if the plant is, I unfortunately don't know what it is called in English though. But if you just think about plants, they're gonna just take the fucking easiest path, even though it is gonna be through fucking concrete. It's the easiest path, you know, which lets them be faster and more efficient and goal oriented, and it just makes sense if you think about it. In other words. Nature appears to have a built-in goal of producing self-organizing systems that are increasingly complex and lifelike. The second law of thermodynamics has a life loophole. Although the total entropy must increase, it allowed, it's allowed to decrease in some places as long as it increases even more elsewhere. So life maintains or increases its complexity by making its environment messier. Which is a point that I didn't really understand, but I know that there's going to be somebody that is now going to be like, well... Fucking yeah, this is insane. Really good. But I don't know. <laughs> if you've been observing Earth's atoms at or atoms since your planet formed, you would have noticed three stages of goal-oriented behavior. The first one is all matter seen focus on uh, dissipation, which is entropy increase. The second one is some of the matter came alive and instead focused on replication and sub-goals of that. And the third one is a rapidly growing fraction of matter was rearranged by living organisms to help accomplish their goals. The three though thoughts, though sub-problems, I don't know. The first one is making AI learn our goals. Like these are now just the problems that we are seeing, at least I guess we are seeing. The second one is making AI adopt our goals. And the third one is making AI retain our goals. I hope we're going to be able to finish up with this one because it's something to go. In the stories where Ashini grants three wishes, there are many variants for the first two wishes. But the third wish is almost always the same. Please undo the first two wishes because that's not what I really wanted. To figure out what people really want, you can't merely go by what they say. You also need a detailed model of the world, including the many shared preferences that we tend to leave uh, unstated because we consider them obvious. Once we have such a world model, we can often figure out what people want or what people want, even if they don't tell us, simply by observing their goal-oriented behavior. 
Children of hypocrites or hypocrites learn more from what they see their parents do than from what they hear them saying. And I think it is often going to be the case. But let's talk about just the people analyzing thing. I guess it is actually something pretty cool. And I think um, trying it out and seeing if there's actually something that's applicable would actually be something that's pretty interesting. The ethical views of many thinkers can be distilled into four principles. The first one is utilitarianism. Positive conscious experience should be maximized and suffering should be minimized. Let's see. I do not want to give you a statement here. <laughs> I just want to go through all of them at first, I guess. It's going to be a, uh, the, the better decision, I, I assume. Diversity. A diverse set of positive experiences is better than many repetitions of the same experience, even if the latter has been identified as the most positive experience possible. Autonomy. Conscious entities, societies should have the freedom to pursue their own goals unless this conflicts with an overriding principle. And the last one is legacy. Compatible compatibility with scenarios that most humans today would view as happy incompatibility with scenarios that essentially all humans today would view as terrible. So I don't really know which one I should take. I don't know if I should actually take one. It is something that's pretty cool. I, I would say actually I'm somehow in between a, a bunch of them or all of them maybe. Well, would we really want people from 1,500 years ago to have a lot of influence over how today's world is run? If not, we should. Uh, why should we try to impose our ethics on future beings that may be dramatically smarter than us? And this is actually, I've consciously, well, I've consciously decided to underline every one of these or highlight any one of these or every one of these. But I think this is an incredibly important one because, yeah, if you, just, if you just notice about yourself, for example, that you are having some traits and certain things that you don't really like about yourself, uh, maybe you should parent your kid in a slightly or maybe completely different way than you have been parented, you know, uh, to just prevent your kid from, from having these things, quote unquote, these things as well, I would say. A fast forward reply of our, or replay, I'm sorry, of our 13.8 billion year cosmic history. The first one is, matter seemingly intent on maximizing its dissipation. The second, primitive life seemingly trying to maximize its replication. The third one, humans pursuing not replication but goals related to pleasure, curiosity, compassion and other feelings that they evolved to help them replicate. Which somehow actually makes sense, yeah. The fourth one is machines built to help humans pursue their human goals. And one of the last ones, scientists started taking Newton's theory of gravity seriously because they got more out of it than they put into it. Simple equations should accurately predict the outcome of every gravity experiment ever conducted. When people ask about the meaning of life as, uh, as if it were the job of our cosmos to give meaning to our existence, they are getting it backward. It is not our universe giving meaning to conscious beings, but conscious beings giving meaning to our universe. Yes, it definitely is the case. Contrast sapiens, the ability to think uh, sapiens, the ability to think intelligently with science, the ability to subjectively experience qualia or qualia. Humans have built our identity on being homo sapiens. I suggest that we rebrand ourselves as homo sentience, which comes from uh, probably the first one, which is contrast sapiens, the ability to think intelligent. No, it's going to be the later one, I guess. Sentience, which is the ability to subjectively experience qualia. And qualia is, in case you don't know, because I don't know, a quality or property as perceived or experienced by a person, which could also be uh, something like nothing. It is just only that. 
<laughs> Apparently. Science gathers knowledge faster than society gathers wisdom. Develop positive visions for the future, positive visions for the foundation of all collaborations. After all, why sacrifice something you have if you can't imagine the even greater gain that this will provide? This means that we should be imagining positive futures not only for ourselves, but also for society and for humanity. Do you want to own your technology or do you want your technology to own you? Fundamental things, I know, but nevertheless, it is going to be the end of the episode. I really hope that I've been able to just give you some thoughts and give you some things. And I hope that I've been able to just change your mind in, in some way. I know, I'd appreciate that and I would really, really love to do that. Actually, you know, really, really, really. But yeah. I wish you the best health, wealth, happiness, and all success. And I also hope that you're going to remind yourself and you're going to be remembered. It basically means your life, which basically means just being a nice person and being remembered as a nice person, you know. The three other questions that I'm having for you are why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is bothering you the most? So yeah, ask yourself these three questions. They are important and they can show you quite a lot of things. And with that being said, I'll see you the next time. At least 